This week on the podcast, we go live for our first ever episode. Well, our second ever episode. We've got a massive trade for you. We've got our round coverage. We've got player of the week, team of the week, games of the week. We've got questions from you, our listeners. All this and more coming up. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for your Super League podcast. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Welcome to the electrifying world of Super League basketball. Welcome to the podcast. We have a huge one for you today, guys, on our, on our second ever live podcast this episode brought to you by Link Scott from Coronas Real Estate. One Coronas, many solutions. Dale Taylor here, your co-host today, being joined by a man from Melbourne who is currently not in Melbourne, Tristan Blacker. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are you going? I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm excited to uh, to do this podcast. It's been uh, it's been a couple of weeks in the making, and uh, you know it's about time we um, we made it happen. Mate, you've, uh, you've smashed it. I've literally done nothing. Um, you've done it all. You've set it all up um, and you've put a lot of time into it. So well done to you. I know you were very frustrated last week, but um, if you used your noggin and worked it all out and here we are. Kind of fluked it more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, before, we, before we start talking Super League, let's talk uh, a little bit about the NBA. Um, We've had we've had the NBA draft, and then we've had free agency happen. Yeah. Um, are there any are there any trades or or contract signings that sort of really um, got under your skin? Uh, oh, look, being a Portland fan, it's it's very very bittersweet for me at the minute. Um, the sweet part is it's going to be fun over the next five years watching them rebuild with. You know, Shade and Sharp and Scoot Henderson and whatnot. But the uh, the bitter part is um, Dollar Dame's not going to be there. So for me, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in, in trading him out. Um, outside of that, it seems like Houston has just gone and got everybody, but of no real relevance. So it's going to be going to be funny to see what they can do over over the next twelve months. Some of their um, some of their signings were really weird. Weren't they? Yeah, why would you get? Different. Why would you go and get Patty Mills? I don't. I don't get that. They've got Emi Odoka there at the helm. So I mean, his you know his time at, at Celtics was pretty good, and he um, he knows how to build a build a team out. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with um, with the list that he's got. But, Patty Patty Mills yeah, must have a hot so. wife. Well, I think yeah. Let's see if he can toe the line when it, when it comes to that. But. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting. What about you? What stands out? I know your um, your Mavs uh, made a few few decisions over the last few days. Yeah, I was pretty chuffed with uh, with their particularly their draft night. I thought they did a really good job on draft night. Um, I was I was really surprised by Van Vliet getting paid so much and Bruce Brown getting paid so much. Um, even um, even that idiot that signed for Houston, um, Dylan Brooks. I'm surprised he got paid so much. Um, just yeah, a few real surprises in there. But uh, overall, I th- it's been entertaining to say the least. Well, I mean, Houston just must have the dollary dues because even um, yeah, they they signed some some big dudes to some big contracts. So 
Yeah, and then other teams have been, you know, radio silence. I thought, you know, the Kings might have done something to kind of boy, uh, boost their stocks going into next season. They've done not a hell of a lot. So, you know, the next week or two is going to be pretty interesting to see how, you know, the rest of these franchises, you know, fit out their sides. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Kings did extend Harrison Barnes. That's pretty, uh, you know, significant. You reckon? No. No, I was being so <laughs> <laughs> Now, mate, you're um you're due to come back home shortly. You're um you're coming home from where are you? The Papua New Guinea or something? Yeah, the 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 wild west of the west, as they call it. But yeah, I'm back on Friday for good. So, um, what is it? I think it worked out to be, including the brief trip home. I've been away for four and a half months. So. It's been uh, it's been very good for the business. It's been very tough on the family, um, but yeah, excited to be back and you know get a, get back into normality and get back into some basketball. I'm not sure Kate would have been too disappointed, really. Well, I don't know if too many people saw, but she put up a nice message on Facebook, um, <laughs> which I questioned. So yeah, I don't know what was going on there, but I think it'll it'll be it'll be a novelty. It'll wear off pretty quick once I'm back. Yeah, right. Um, we have a massive trade uh, to announce here that happened uh, yeah. yesterday. But before we do, yeah. I just wanted to, um, to lay down just some, some housekeeping rules for the pod. So uh, we, yeah. will, we will be sort of taking a couple of questions for each game. So if you, if you do have something that you want to say about a game, um, just raise your hand to speak. We'll try and get around to you um, just so you, can, you have your say. Uh, we will also have a, a Q&A section just at the end if you want to jump on and you know talk some shit or uh, ask a question that'll be your opportunity to do so so uh yeah feel free to go mental in the in the chat uh, i've got that up on screen i'm watching it um but yeah i'm i'm super excited to announce this trade tristan actually do you want to announce it uh well it's got something to do with my team so i might just let you do it dt make a few special comments as we go if that's all right all right so it's the Baronia Bloodhounds, they've, uh, yep. they have traded Calvin Austin and Dan Bell to the Gembrook Pacers for Cooper Lanting and Blake Schreiber. Huge trade. Massive. Really big one. Um, Roe rang me just before um, he pulled the trigger on it, uh, and it was huge. Um, it was... I mean, it's for me, you know, obviously I haven't played in the side yet, so I'm kind of looking at it, you know, from sitting over here, which was, it was, it was good and bad for me because I would have loved to have had a run around with Dan and Cal, um, you know, they've, they've done very well for the, for the Bloodhounds, but I'm, I'm pretty excited to be able to play with Coop and my mate Blakey um, in the next few weeks, so... How do you see it, DT? Because I, I honestly can't split it as to who's won and lost the trade. Is there a winner? Is there a loser? Uh, like, what do you think? I don't know. It's 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 a tough one to call. Um, you know, I think bringing in a, a player of, of Cooper's calibre is, is pretty significant. Um, I think it's probably more important for you guys because the, the Bloodhounds have really been lacking guard play. Um, you know, they've really only got the two guards there at the moment in in Lockie and Rowe and you know Rowe's probably not a traditional point guard but he's been doing the doing the job so far yeah. um, but yeah I, I think you know bringing in you know someone like 
like Blake and, and Coop, I think that's really going to steady the ship up top. And uh, I think um, letting letting Cole and, and Dan go is, is a high price to pay. Um, but I think yeah. I think it was worthwhile. I think it balances them out a fair bit more. Yeah, I think so. Like, like you know, you, you've got to look at the numbers that uh, Cal and, and Bally put up together. Like, they were, you know, they were our leading scorers, essentially. Um, they did a lot of the grunt work. So, I think, you know, moving over to the paces, um, yeah, you know, you add Marchingo to that. Um, they're going to they're gonna be able to put up points in bunches. Um, so... Yeah, exciting for them. Uh, I think exciting for us in a sense that, uh, you know, Big Jacko and Coop have been playing a lot of basketball together, especially in Big V. Uh, they combined for 35 points today in under 18 minutes. Um, they absolutely killed it together. So, you know, that's what we want to see, you know, happen in, in Super League over, you know, the, the coming month to six weeks while Coop's still here. Um, so yeah, I guess time will tell. Time always tells when it comes to these type of things, DT. But it's it's just exciting um, that it's happened. You know, amid you know NBA you know trades and you know player signings, and then you have this Super League stuff as well. It's been it's been a, a super exciting week when it comes to that type of thing. This is, yeah, this is probably one of the biggest trades I think that we've had uh, in Super League. It's not often that you know that you see a, a third overall pick. I think he was um, get traded. Uh, mid-season, so it's a it's a very interesting trade. I think for the Pacers too, this is going to be um, really interesting. Um, they've been pretty uh, reliant on their guard play, so transition and uh, and lots of it. You know, you take Coop out of the mix there, that's going to make things uh, make things interesting. But they've they've added a, a legitimate uh, post scorer in Cal and uh, Dan, a, a terrific three-point shooter, an all-round scorer, really. So I think it's going to balance those guys out fairly well as well so we always bang on about win-win but i think this is potentially win-win <laughs> yeah i would agree <laughs> um yeah su- super interesting trade i know we've got someone with their with their hand up to speak shall we uh shall we see what they got to say yeah mate go for it all right it's infinite 2k i'm not really sure who that is but uh we're gonna find out in just a minute no he's backed out he's backed out pussy all right well uh being being that uh that is the case uh we're going to take a quick break before we jump into our monday night games uh just have a quick word from our sponsors we'll be right back horn industrial coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings whether it's a factory floor showroom garage or outdoor basketball court horn industrial coatings will have you covered Their products are designed to be hard-wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au All right, mate. Uh, That is our little ad break. Now we will jump into some games. Uh, I've just popped my screen up there to share. Um, we're going we're gonna to start with our Monday night games, of course. And the first game of the night was the Packenham Upper Unicorns getting up on the Nanagoon. No, that's not even right. That's the last game. <laughs> I've got my tabs all out of whack. We'll start with the first game. The Berwick Sharks, 54, getting up on the Baronia Bloodhounds, 
43. Uh, this was an absolute cracker of a game, mate. I was I was really excited watching this one. Well, yeah, I was I was sitting in my lounge room, screaming at my TV, um, hurling abuse at uh, my good mate Lee, hurling abuse at my brother. Uh, but you know, from a from a viewership standpoint, it was it was. It was an upset. It was close for the most part, and Lee Belton went absolutely berserk with nine threes. I don't know. Is is it an upset? The Sharks haven't lost yet. I think we're, it's about time we start recognising them as the uh, as the favourites. Yeah, probably now. Like, don't, I, you know, I could be biased. I rate my team. I think the Bloodhounds. Are, I've got a pretty good list. Um, so I I would have thought the Bloodhounds were going in as favourites uh, before the game, but like you said, anything but the Sharks. Uh, the Sharks got the win. They're four and zero. They're on top of the ladder um, on the Monday night. So yeah, you're probably right that um, you know that they're they're the team to beat now. They are, and they've been they've been quite a surprise this season. But in this game, it was it was really Lee Belton doing all of the heavy lifting. He had 33 points, nine threes out of 25. Uh, ben Rhodes was the only other scorer in double figures. He had 10 and nine. Uh, and Jaden O'Neill had seven points. Liam Blacker had four points. Uh, he had five rebounds and he had six steals. Um, what do you what do you make of the Berwick Sharks, mate? They look they look mint. I think it, for me, it's just their, you know, second, third, fourth chance efforts. Uh, they, they're just such a high hustle team on both ends of the floor. Um, and that's, that's what wins your games in, in a competition like this, in my opinion. Um, like, yeah, you look at, you know, you look at the steals, you know, Brad's got a couple, Liam's done really well, Lee, Jaden O'Neill. But where it stands out for me, probably more so than anything, um, is the offensive rebounds. They got 15 offensive rebounds and they got 17 second chance points. So that's that's where it's kind of won and lost for me. Um, and that's where teams will probably struggle with them, you know, for the remainder of the season because it's not by chance that they're getting these wins off, you know, hard work. That's just the way they play. They're constantly working hard. They're constantly playing for each other. Um, and when Lee Belton's shooting well, this team's going to um, going to be really hard to to stop. I agree. And, and one thing they did particularly well was was minimise the the damage of the opposing bigs. Um, you know, we've seen yeah. Cal go for massive games. We've seen Jacko go for massive games. Um, but you know, no one really scored over ten points. You had Cal on ten. You had Jared Cal's on ten. Um, you had Jacko on just nine. Uh, Dan Bell on nine, Lockie on five, and, and Rowan didn't reach the scoreboard. Yeah, you're spot on, and that's one thing. Obviously, me and my brother, you know, chat pretty constantly throughout the week, and that's one thing that um, you know he mentions is blokes like Rhodesy, uh, and especially against us, um, he, he just defends so he's so clever when he defends, uh, and he puts his body on the line and. And that's what he did against our bigs on Monday night. And, you know, you look at his stat line, he had you know, nine rebounds, 10 points, so he's nearly had a double-double. But just that, you know, deflecting shots and that body-on-body contact um, in a smart defensive way went a huge way for them getting the win as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
I liked um, I liked what Jared Kells did. He had ten and nine, um, and he was aggressive early. He was five from six. He didn't. He barely missed a shot. Um, one of them was a, a wild circus shot. Don't know how it went in, um, but he he was really important for for the Bloodhounds in that game as well. Yeah, he was. He, he played really well, he, and it was that first quarter that he kept us in it. Um, I think he had eight and seven in the in the first quarter. Uh, so. You know, he's a, he's a big frame that does well. I mean, I don't think it's it's not all doom and gloom. Obviously, we've made a few trades, you know, so the outfit's going to look a little bit different moving into the next game. But, you know, hopefully we're able, you know, with when Coop comes in and, and Blake, that we can spread the floor a little bit more uh, and open up those key ways and allow Jacko to go to work. Because although, you know, in this game, the Sharks defended really well and, and negated our bigs, I think it was quite congested in there. Uh, so, you know, shots were hard to come by as well. Yep. I was half expecting uh, Rhodesy to chuck his hand up and, and jump on the pod, but he's um, he's gone a bit shy. Well, I was expecting Liam to do the same and declare his love for Rhodesy. They're both on here, but they're obviously just <laughs> They're, they're in probably in a private quietly. chat somewhere. Maybe, maybe they're listening to it together. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next game, Tristan. The next game of the night, uh, it was not that one. It was the Ringwood Rangers uh, going down by just two points on the buzzer to the Lakeside Vikings, thirty-eight to forty. Yeah, this was a cracker. I actually had a phone call. It was one of my stupid kids, so I didn't get to see the end. <laughs> um, so I was pretty disappointed. I, I missed Mike's shot, but uh, this was an, another phenomenal game, DT, uh, that was, you know, to and throw, you know, for 40 minutes, and it was big Mike Godfrey to, to go whack towards the end. This this three-point shot on the buzzer, it, it had a lot of Kawhi Leonard game seven about it, where it sort of... It hit the front of the ring and then popped up, sat in the air for an eternity, and then and then just went through. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, yeah, it, mental. It was. Uh, I mean, it was good for for Mike to to get a big shot like that. I mean, he's he's been probably up and down by his standards this season. So the fact that he was able to lead his team into you know a must need win was was really good on his part. I think. I think you're right too. It was a it was a bit of a must-win uh, game for those guys. They really needed another win. Um, and you know, if we look through the stats, you had uh, Jared Marshall on 17 and three. He led all scorers. Uh, Jamie McNeil 13 and nine. Uh, Mike Godfrey with eight and ten, and then Craig with two points. He had three players that didn't score. So to come away with a win in that game, uh, I thought pretty pretty lucky. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was a good effort, especially by Jared Marshall uh, Skizzer. He's for me probably leading uh, steal the draft. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal this season. He's put up big numbers. Yes, yeah. He defends really well. Um, so it's good to see someone in his second season with Super League to you know to be playing so well and being so important for his team as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's been a, a big part of their offense, actually. Um, you know, it's sort of been yeah. been one of those... I've been waiting for the Vikings to have one of those games. Like, they've got seven blokes on the team who can shoot. Uh, yeah. and, and we're waiting to see, like, a few of those guys start hitting on the, on the one night. Yeah, that's right. And that's what's happened here. But, you know, not to, not to discredit the, the Rangers, I think this was their first loss, was it not, DT? And 
Um, you know, they've drawn down on the buzzer. So, you know, they've played some pretty good basketball thus far. Interesting scorecard for the, for the Rangers. Um, no player in double figures. You had a very well-balanced approach. You had Bailey with six and five. Um, Jack Morris-Burney had eight and 18. Uh, Josh Bow recently traded eight points, four boards. Kyle Nagel under 10 points, eight points and six rebounds. Um, that's that's pretty decent. I'd take that any day of the week uh, for Kyle Nagel. Uh, Nathan Anand, two and three. Nick Melson, six and three. And Shannon Humphreys didn't get on the scoreboard, but he had four rebounds. So um, I actually, I'm a fan of that stat sheet. Yeah, in what way? Just everyone's contributing uh, and, you know, it, it just takes Kyle to go for 20 and uh, and that's like a 20-point win. Yeah, you are right. They had, they had a pretty low shooting efficiency across the board, but you are correct. Like They all they all got good looks. Um, they're all sharing the ball around and that's what you kind of want, um, you know, in Super League because, you know, your bench players need to be, you know, just as important as your, you know, first and second rounders. So, yeah, you're probably spot on in, in that regard. So for the for the Vikings, they moved to two and two. For the Rangers, they moved to three and one. It's a it's a pretty hot race uh, so far on the Monday night. Yeah, it is. It's it's super close. Uh, the games are, have been you know super tight, and um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to come down to percentage. I think DT this season. The games are you know you look at the next game. It's only it was only a four point win as well. So. Everybody's in it, and everyone's you know very close to be able to make in finals. Yep. All right. the The next game was another close one. Uh, it was the Packenham Pirates getting up by just four points on the Cadinia Crocs, fifty-four to fifty. Uh, I happened to watch most of this game, and it was another another really closely contested contest. Is that a, is that weird? It's a little weird. What's a little weird? Closely contested contest. <laughs> Couple of C's in there. Um, it was. It was. It was very good. I think for me, you know, the Sharks. The Sharks are the the number one ranked team at the minute overall, but close on their heels is the Pack and the Pirates for mine. I think they're playing some very good basketball at the moment, and um, you know they uh, they've done very well, even spread of points. Even spread of play, um, you know, they, they play, they bring everybody into the game. Everyone gets open looks, and yeah, they uh, were able to get the win by four. Yeah, really, really good effort from those boys, and um, you know, I think they were without uh, Jazza Hendricks, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. But if you look at the the stats, this is another one of those those games that are you know you've got everyone contributing. You had uh, Clarkie with six and nine. Uh, Cal Shave with 12 and 8, Dave Huang with 11 and 8, uh, Plaza with a donut and 11, uh, PK he had 13 and 2, and Will Tankard with 12 and 7. So a really well-rounded approach to, to winning a basketball game. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's they're spot on, and they they just take percentage shots. Uh, nothing's forced. You know they move the the ball really well offensively and. You know, 35% in Super League isn't a bad uh, shooting efficiency. You probably wanted that slightly bit higher, but, you know, it wins games, and, and that's essentially what they've done. So Lucas Plaza has actually joined the, uh, joined the pod. Um, let's see what he's got to say. 
on the uh, on the game. It was a yeah four point victory to the Pirates. Uh, we're just waiting for Plaus to to chime in and see what he's got to say. Are you there, Lucas? He's probably fallen asleep, putting the kids to bed. <laughs> he's putting the kids to bed. He's fallen asleep. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, the Cadinia Crocs. Uh, it was Hayden Melson having his first real big game uh, with 17 and 7. Uh, Cooper Pantano, he had 14 and 3. Uh, Dill Packer had 9 and 4. Zach Jock, 6 and 4. Woody with 2 and 3. Ciro with 2 and 6. And D Stowe, not enough shots, 0 points, 1 rebound. Um, what do you what do you make of this? I, I I sort of like what I'm seeing on the stat sheet. You know, I like Hayden Melson sort of starting to find his stride. I like Cooper Pantano sort of following his rhythm for for the start of the season. I like Dill Packer starting to get it going. Just didn't result in a win. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And like I said, you, you got to look at the Pirates as being in the top two sides of the competition at the moment, especially on a Monday. Anyway, uh, the Crocs have put up an even amount of points as them. Uh, they've matched them pretty much all over the, the stat sheet outside of, you know, going down by four points. So I think they're definitely on the right track. Um, you know, H. Mallison having those 15 to 20 shots is ideal, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, same with, uh, with Cooper as well. Uh, ideally, you want to try and bring these other boys in a little bit more, especially with Woody and, and Sierra running baseline. Uh, they've both got, you know, that nice little jumper. At the at the at the corner of the key or, or within the uh, around the basket, so I'd be looking to them to you know maybe drop a few more shots, uh, getting them some easy looks, and obviously Stowie. I mean, we all want Stowie to shoot the ball. Um, you know, that's probably one thing that I'd like to see happen a little bit more, getting him some some open looks from deep. He's he's just not a willing shooter. He doesn't want to shoot the ball. Uh, I think he's he's one of the most unselfish GMs that I've ever seen. Um, always putting his teammates first, but I think uh, I think his shooting can really help this team. If if I could shoot like Stowie, I would be putting him up in bunches. My my <laughs> attempted shots would look like Lee Belton's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think we've got uh, we've got Plaus here. Plozzy, what did you make of this game, mate? <laughs> he's, he's not here. Oh man. Unreal. Let's uh, let's try and get uh, let's try and get Stowie on instead. Seeing as Plaus is a donut, uh, I think uh, I think we got Jamie Stowe potentially on the line. He's backed out. Man, these people on the live podcast are pretty shy. Hey. Oh, there's the Plaus. We've got to, we've got to <laughs> Do you reckon it's that issue, DT, with the? Um iPhone that I had this morning. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, we ended up uh, we ended up chucking you on a PC and it worked out okay. So maybe um, maybe we're just struggling. Well, I mean, I like looking at his big ugly head, but I'd prefer to, I'd prefer to be able to hear him. We we can't hear you, Plaz, unfortunately. But you're more than welcome to stay there so everyone can look at you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's an iPhone issue with Discord DT, unfortunately. Not to worry. Um, we'll we'll move on. The, um, the final game of the night was the packing them up of unicorns uh, defeating the Nanagoon Bulldogs 38-32. It feels like I've already said this at some point. 
and it is still the wrong game, DT. So we want to move to the, the last time slot on the Monday night, which is 9-10, Clyde <laughs> Kittens 53, going down to the general pace of 55. Oh, here we are. I'm, I'm with you guys now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, tell me about this game, Tristan. Were you watching it? Yes, and it was, uh, it was in fact on the Monday evening, Dale. <laughs> Yep, it was it was definitely on the Monday at nine ten. Uh, yeah, this. So look, another another exciting close game of basketball. Obviously, went down to the wire. Uh, two points. It was the it was the Pacers, uh, and it, it was pretty much a, a shootout between Cooper Lanting, who had twenty two points, and Dan Whitfield from the Kittens, who had twenty five points. Yeah, um, you know Dan Whitfield had a had an incredible game. Uh, I think I think this is sort of what I expect from him week in week out. I think he's a terrific basketball player, and I think um, I think he can score on so many different levels. So for him to go twenty five and nine, no real surprise for me. He also had five assists. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, he did. Really, really well rounded performance from him. Uh, outside of him, that yeah didn't have anyone in double figures, but yeah again a, a well-rounded approach. Ash Turner, Cashley Turner, he had nine and five. Lugman had eight and five. Nathan Ewer had six and four. Jay Burgess three and two and four steals. Yeah. Uh, Alex Kerr had two points and fourteen rebounds. Um, just a just an interesting team, I think, uh, and they have been all season long. Yeah, they have. They've they've got the they've got the blokes to to be able to get it done. Um, they've probably just yeah just fallen short like they have like they have uh, in this game. I mean, their shooting efficiency isn't great. It, it's floating around the twenty somewhere. Uh, they're nineteen of sixty nine. So you want to try and I think there's times where they probably four shots. Um, you know, they need to probably you know, swing that ball a little bit more and, and, and find that open man and, and get a little bit more consistency in their shooting. But, you know, overall, they're, they're thereabouts. And, you know, they do have the team to be able to win more games than they lose. It's just whether they gel, you know, quick enough to make that happen. Yeah, this was, um, yeah, interesting because they've, you know, they brought in Jay Burgess, um, you know, extra guard. Uh, and then they, um, I think they traded for, um, they traded away Dill Packer. So they, so they oh, sorry, not Dill Packer, Dill Jack. Yep. So they, they brought in an extra guard, which I thought was really good for balancing the team out. And then they, and then they traded one away. So it was an, an interesting, um, an interesting trade, I think, for the kittens. But uh, I think they're not far away from, from winning games, as are many of these teams that are really struggling, to be honest. Yeah, for no, I agree. I, I don't think you know they're they're not like the, the teams that are you know a little bit higher up the ladder aren't substantially better. Um, they've just worked it out probably a little bit quicker, um, and you know the Sharks are a prime example of that. So, and we're still you know relatively early on in the season in a sense that because it is so close, you know, a couple of wins, a couple of upsets. Uh, you know, it gets you right back into it, you know, to play some finals at the end of the season. Yeah. So take me through the, the Gembrook Pacers stats, mate. Um, you know, the, the leading scorer has been traded away. Yes. Uh, so Cooper Landing had 22 points. 
Um, he had seven rebounds uh, and, a, and a few assists. So he's gone. He's done. He has left. Um, but, you know, the rest of the team there, Liam McDonald, who's, who's pretty new to the team, he had eight and ten. Uh, nearly had a double-double. H. Byron finished with two and four. I'm, I'm uh, sure Fox. he played for the Bulldogs this week. I'm positive. Say that again. I'm positive Hayden Byron played for the Bulldogs this week. That there's got to be that's got to be someone else. Is it? Was that the trade? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyone want to put their hand up and tell us who it was? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Do us a solid. Um, Bojack five and six. Uh, Grimo zero points, four rebounds. Fab Monty eight points, five rebounds. I love the Fab Monty. Old Fabrice. Fabrizio Montio. <laughs> so the the Pacers get away with a with a decent win here. They've made um, they've made some trades to to improve their team as well. Um, where do you see these guys going from here? They're they're now two and three. Uh, I honestly I like the trade. Uh, as, as excited I am with uh, with taking uh, Coop, um, I like the trade. I think they. They get on a bit of a run, to be completely honest. They've got a little bit more firepower spread across you know, two people instead of the one in Coop. Um, so, yeah, I, I, um, I, think, I think they'll do really well. I tend to agree with you, mate. They, um, they, their attack is, is much more well-rounded now, so it's going to be interesting to see um, if they finally use their bigs. Um, it'll be yeah, it'll be an interesting finish to the season for those guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well that um, that brings us to the middle of our podcast. So we're going to take a, a quick break. Um, we're gonna we're gonna drop the mics for a couple of minutes, and we'll be back uh, to talk about our Tuesday night conference games.
All right, we're back. Um, I just I couldn't stand the Telstra on hold music any longer. Um, Tristan, we've got some Tuesday night games to talk about. I'm I'm not I'm not game to introduce them, so I'm pretty keen for you to uh, <laughs> pretty pretty keen for you to kick us off, mate. Yeah, I can. On the Tuesday evening, for the first time, slot DT. We had the Druin Dragons 51 taking down the Dandy Ducks 47. This was a good game. I enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Um, GM Michael Blythe absolutely smashed it. He played very well. Um, also by his, you know, first round pick in Cam Scott uh, with 12 and 13. But they took down your Ducks DT. Tell me how it went. It was a it was a good game. It was back and forth the whole time. Uh, I don't think either team really had a big edge in this game. Um, you know, I think the Ducks sort of continued their shooting woes uh, as we have pretty much for most of the season. Um, but we found a way to stick with them, and and that was through um, trying to be consistent in our defense. And it was really only Michael Blythe that got off the chain. Yeah, he did. He did get off the chain. He did very well. Um, one of your favourite players and someone that you uh, you've admired for a long time is um, is Cam Scott. How do you like playing against him? I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cam. Cam's a, a ripper bloke and a ripper sport too. Um, you know, he's he's such a tough player to to play against. He reads he, he reads the ball, reads the rebounds really well. He's handy with the ball in his hand, handy with it out of his hand. He's just a tough guard. Um, so, yeah, being being able to sort of match up against him was a lot of fun. I think um, I fouled him. He got an and one, and he, he gave me a big flex um, just to let me know who was boss. Um, but, yeah, no, it was all, it was all in good fun, and uh, I really enjoyed playing against this bunch of blokes. I think they're a, a really uh, well-put-together team and, and a really good bunch of guys too. Yeah, I uh, I agree. You could, you could tell, like just watching it on online, that uh, both teams were having a heap of fun out there. Um, Dragons GM um, Michael Blythe has put together a really, really interesting, decent side. I love it. I think Trent Reeford's having one of his best seasons. Although he was a little bit quieter against you guys, four and nine. I think he's having one of his better seasons. Uh, you know, playing alongside Cam Scott. So I like this team on the Tuesday night. They're, they're definitely one of my favourites. You guys in the Ducks, um, you're 0-4. and four, But, you know, with the, the inclusion of Leon Stapley uh, in for Beggy, I don't feel like you're a 0-4 and four team. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, I think um, we've been competitive uh, in, in all of our games. Um, fairly, fairly unlucky last week against the Bears and... You know, fairly unlucky this week against the the Drew and Dragons. Like, I think, you know, probably two of the top teams that we're going to face. Um, we're we're competitive yep. with the Bloodhounds, um, but yeah, we've we've just had I think one of the toughest schedules to open Super League when you when you sort of look back at um, at what teams have turned out to be very good and um, you know the Dragons are one of them, Bloodhounds are one of them, Bears are definitely one of them. So. Um, you know, we got the Silverbacks next week. That's one of them. So it's just a it's a tough stretch for the Ducks, and I think um, I think our our playing group's pretty tight. 
Um, we all sort of get around each other and we identify where we need to get better. And um, yeah, I, I really like being a part of this team, to be honest. So tell me, um, you guys have had, you've definitely had a really tough start. So what does that make you want to do, DT? Does that make you want to try and get the team to gel a little bit earlier next time or take off the responsibility of doing the fixtures from Rowan and you start doing them again yourself? Yeah, I, th- I think um, I think definitely I'll look at doing the fixture next season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, give ourselves a, a, a tactical advantage. Um, no, I think... Um, you know, you've got to play these teams at some point anyway, and um, we've sort of embraced the challenge a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, we've got some areas still to improve. You know, Dan, he was our top scorer on, on Tuesday night. He only had nine shots. He was eight from 14. I think he's someone that we can probably go to a lot more. Yep. Yeah, um, he was, uh, um, Big Dan was really good uh, shooting the ball at nearly 60%, well, 55%. So... Uh, having a big uh, shoot the ball with such consistency is, is obviously what you need. Yeah, terrific. And um, and I think it's only a matter of time before some shots start falling for us. So it's um, it's just one of those things. I think we've just got to stay patient and stay competitive, uh, which I think we're doing a good job of doing. Yep, I I agree. Take us uh, take us through the stats for the for the dragons. Sorry? Take us through the stats for the Dragons. Did you do that? You did. Take us through, take uh, yeah, us through well, the stats I, I for the Ducks. I can't touch on it, but yeah, we had uh, Cam Scott finished with 12 and 13. Um, we had Chris Eagleton finish with 5 and 4. Michael Blythe had 18 and 3 and a few assists. Uh, Phil Schofield finished with 6 and 2. Ryland Dunn, uh, 6 and 4. And Trent Reeford, 4 and 9. Yeah, um... Pretty pretty hard to stop team. Um, you know when I when I sort of was playing the game, I thought Ryland had about twenty points. Um, yeah. You know it seems like every time he catches it on that baseline, it's just it's just in. So really really tough guard for him, but also the other guys in the mid range: Michael Blythe, Chris Eagleton, Phil Schofield, even Cam Scott. They're all sort of deadly on those middies. So it's um it's a really sort of tough opposition to play against. Yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on, and, and that's why, like, I commend um, Mike Blythe on on the team that he's built mm. because it's it's an even balanced all round team. And yeah, like I said, they're they're probably my favourite to, to to come out of the Tuesday night. There's a rumour floating around, Tristan. Yep, I hear that Michael Blythe's already organising his championship t-shirts. <laughs> he's he's asked oh, yeah. he's asked the boys for their sizes. He's uh, he's T-shirt. out there getting it all designed up. He's ready. T-shirts or tattoos? <laughs> nah, tattoos are for the ducks, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for uh, the for the ducks, take us through our ducks stats. Um, the duck stats, sorry. Here we go. Uh, yourself, DT, you had 11 points and two rebs. Um, uh, Dan Catalico uh, had 14 points, eight rebounds. Uh, Dill Henry had seven and seven, considering he had his eyes closed for most of the game. That's pretty good. 
Um, James was scoreless but had two rebounds. Uh, John O'Bray, quieter by his standards. Four points, five rebounds. Leon Stapley, the chicken man, had six and two. Uh, and Lucas Armstrong had five and three. I thought Jimmy was good, actually. I've got I to gotta give Jimmy a shout-out on the pod. Um, he did a number of things, like he got a deflection over to, to Dill for an easy basket. You know, I, think he's, yeah. I think he's starting to find his groove a little bit. Uh, me and him have been talking about sort of getting lower into his stance. He's quite a, he's quite a long and lean guy. Um, yeah. And you know, it's all about sort of getting low so you can move and so you've got a low centre of gravity and all the rest. And I think he's, um, I think he's starting to, um, to really come good on, on a lot of those sort of uh, balance type things. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. He's someone that um, he's, he's got a high IQ. So, you know, if you can point him in the right direction, he's, he's going to follow suit. And, um, you know, you, you, you can see that in, you know, the, the first four games with you guys, uh, definitely. So, uh, shout out to Jimmy. He's doing really well. All right, enough of this game. Uh, take us on to the next one, mate. Um, so the next game was the 7.30 time slot, um, and it was that dickhead Kyle, oh, I mean, uh, that lovely guy Kyle Sunderland's um, Silverbacks 37 taking down the Philly Island Penguins 30. Yeah, this was, a, this was an interesting game. I, um, I saw part of it. I didn't see the whole thing. Uh, I came inside when, um, when one of the Penguins was dazed and confused. <laughs> yeah. Poor Dill um, got cleaned up by Kyle. Um, he hit him that hard that a few of his tattoos fell off. Um, he was he was pretty dazed there for a bit, DT. But you're having a chat with him after the game, and I'm pretty sure he was fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was fine. I think he told me his his name was Darren um, Darren Jackson, but. Um, <laughs> Look, yeah, he uh, he was he was seen at Ball Three Sixty, not even twenty four hours after. So I think he's uh, I think he's just fine. But um, yeah, bit of a hard knock uh, for him to cop, and um, certainly a little bit scary. Like you don't want to you don't want to sort of see those sorts of things happen. Um, but I mean, it's a contact sport, and and those things are going to happen from time to time. But um, yeah, it was, yeah. it was certainly not oh, the nicest that's thing. Right. To see. And you know what I mean? It's one of those things. It's you know, Kyle. In my opinion, played some really good defense. He just um, he just copped a knock on the way down, and and then I think hit someone's knee on on the way further down. So it's never nice to see someone you know all dazed and confused like that. But there was definitely no malice in it. It was um, it was just yeah friendly fire in my opinion. Um, I'd hang Cole out to dry as often as I possibly can, but I got to back him on this one on on playing some you know somewhat good defense. Yeah, I mean he is a he is a pretty reasonable defender. Uh, if he does anything, he does that pretty well. So um, yeah, and that that is um, sort of what he has injected into the Silverbacks. They are a good defensive team, um, and you know they they keep teams to low scores. You know, look look at this Philly Island Penguins team, another team sort of hovering around that thirty point mark when they when they play them. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. I mean, they they both uh, had forty five attempts. Um, from the field and it was just that the, the penguins didn't shoot the ball near well enough to to get the win and that's off in, in like you said off the back of some really solid defense by the silverbacks yeah it's you you can no longer say oh we shot bad um you know the silverbacks have done this every week so far so i think um 
I think credit to the Silverbacks D and, and credit to their team. I think their team's really, really good. And um, and I said this last week on the pod, but you know Dave Gormley's numbers, he had 11 and 7. Um, they, they are sort of swollen in significance um, when you're playing in a low-scoring game. Yeah, 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 you're spot on. It was, he was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but what I think, I mean, not to discredit any of the other teams, what this Silverback team does very, very well, and it's something that's probably stood out for me, is just their camaraderie within the group. Uh, they get around each other. Um, they support each other, and it goes a long way in you know keeping an upbeat game style. Um, so I like to think that they continue that, you know, win, lose, or draw. Um, yeah, just that mateship that they kind of bring is um, it's really good to see. It's what you want from um, you know two blokes that kind of run a basketball league. You know what I mean? It is, man. It is. Uh, for the for the rest of the Silverbacks, we had uh, Jake Sutherland six and six. Uh, Jordy Hendricks with two and four, uh, Josh Farager nine and four. I'm betting there's a few assists in there as well. Um, then we had Kyle Sutherland three points, five rebounds. Um, Michael Kassab uh, didn't get on the board, couple of rebounds, and Riley Lanting six and three. Um, yeah, again, all of these numbers are more significant in a low-scoring game. But um, I, I really like the Silverbacks. I like how they put together. Someone told me the other day that Michael Kassab looks like Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, there was an image there that they look kind of similar. And here's another, here's another one that we should shout out, uh, DT, because... He's a good lad. You know, his, his stats don't reflect how important he is to this team. Um, just those one percenters that, you know, don't generally get registered on a stat sheet. Um, he was one that probably stood out for me watching the game on, on Tuesday night. Yeah, and he's a terrific guy. I've had a I've had a decent chance to have a, a bit of a chat with him. Um, good bloke, good sense of humour. Um, so I'm sure he doesn't mind me calling him Adam Sandler. At least I hope he doesn't. Please don't hit me. <laughs> Mate, that's uh, that is that is very true. There was one particular picture that uh, they they did look quite similar in the face. So, but uh, moving on to the Penguins. Um, AJ Scott, he had four points, one rebound. Brad Starkey had 11 and 12. Uh, Dill Jack, very quiet, even before um, he got a knock to the head. He had two and three. Um, H. Darcy was zero points, two rebounds. Uh, Big Jack Brisbane Mills had 10 and four. Um, Big Tomo had three and four. That's Luke Thomas and uh, the Schneider man, Michael Schneider's had zero and three. Yeah, this it's tough. That's that's a tough game uh, if you're looking at the the Philly Island Penguins uh, stat sheet. You know, we're we're used to seeing Starkey with you know uh, more inflated numbers than that. Um, Luke Thomas, you know, he's coming off a really good game last week, and Schneider's is someone who can you know easily put up sort of ten and ten. So, um, you know, if you walk away from that game as a Philly Island Penguins, you sort of go, damn, I wish we had a shot better or whatever. But, um, yeah. Well, Schneider's had, like, a couple of 20-point games for us last season. Like, yeah. he can shoot the ball at will. And we all know what Luke Thomas and, um, you know, Dill Jack can do. So expect those guys to bounce back pretty quickly next week. I was having a chat to Harry Darcy, and um, we, missed, we missed the matchup between Harry Darcy and Matt Darcy where Harry Darcy... Yeah, we did. 
and Harry Darcy wiped the floor with Matt Darcy. So um, <laughs> he was he was very keen to come up and tell me that I'd missed that, and I, I, I promised him I'd shout it out on the pod. But isn't that interesting that uh, that Harry Darcy beat his washed brother, Matt Darcy? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, Harry's the better brother in all aspects of the word, so it doesn't surprise me. I was I was actually walking past him on the bench and he sounds like his voice sounds exactly like Matt Darcy. I sort of yeah. turned around I'm like Matt doesn't play for this team. And I'm like, "Oh, Harry." Like, like they're brothers. <laughs> Almost like they're related. <laughs> All right, the uh the next game, Tristan. The next game DT was the 8:20 time slot. Uh it was the Emerald Bears 48, taking down the Nana Goon Bulldogs, 38. This was interesting. It was a, it was sort of a bit of a blowout, really. Um, the Emerald Bears got off to a flying start um, and, and the Bulldogs sort of had to fight their way back into it and, and they did a really good job, I thought. Um, it was just sort of too little too late. And I've seen this so many times um and it's particularly in uh in tim morgan games teams that tim morgan plays for they get down but they fight their way back and they they always just sort of they they give the other team a real scare towards the end of the game yeah no you're definitely right it's just that tim morgan mentality isn't it yeah he's ferocious Um, he's a bulldog grind it out no no pun intended yeah, he's a real grinder. <laughs> that was a good grind. <laughs> um, so this um, this Bears team, mate, they're uh, they're playing some very good basketball at the minute. Um, Alex Katuziak, he had six points, six rebounds. Uh, Skinny Greg, uh, we can't call him the round mounter rebound anymore. He's no. he's being referred to as Skinny Greg or Fit Greg, depending on which way you want to go with it. He had 15 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, Jared Christopher had five and two. Jay Richardson, the foul king, had one and five. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Reed had 17 and six. And who was there? Noah Hansen had four and three. Yeah, I think it was it was really Jeff Reed. So that he he looked to really punish. Um, the Bulldogs early. He was just hitting three after three, it seemed, and um, I think he was a big part of the the Bears getting out to that early lead. But they were up and about the Bears. Um, but credit to the the Bulldogs. Like I said, they they really applied themselves in that second half and fought their way back and and really really scared the shit out of the Bears. I think. Yeah, well, I I, I completely agree, and that's. That's um, that's going to be a saving grace for this Bulldogs team because you know although they they kind of blew it and, and let the Bears get out to a you know somewhat of a bigger lead they grinded it out for forty minutes and, and really had a crack so you know you got to commend them on that. I think I like the the balance of this Bulldogs team too post trade they've got um, they got four bigs and, and three guards but. Um, when you look at their bigs, you know you got Gav Trapnell, Hayden Byron, Tom Daly, and Liam Loveday. It's it's not easy going to score points on the inside. Yeah, no, you're spot on. And you know, looking at the the Bulldogs stats, um, 
I'd like to blame it on you and, and get you to fix your stats software, DT, because it's obviously up the shit somewhere. Gav Trapnell hasn't registered a block, so <laughs> you um, you need to take responsibility and fix that for sure. Um, Dan Eagleton, he had seven rebounds, uh, two uh, uh, seven points, two rebounds, sorry. Uh, Dan Blythe had six and three. Gav Trapnell had five and three. Uh, H. Byron had two and eight. Um, Liam Loveday had, I've read his name out already, haven't I? Two and five. Uh, Timmy Morgan had 10 points and uh, a few assists. And TD, Tommy Daly, had six and five. So that um, that leaves, on the, the Tuesday night, it leaves just the Dandenong Ducks and the Nanagoon Bulldogs winless. Um, they are the only two teams in the competition yet to register a win. So uh, I don't I don't hate the way the Nanagoon Bulldogs are put together, neither do I hate the way the Ducks are put together. So it's just a an interesting one, um, interesting sort of statistic to note. I, I think they're both teams that'll that'll definitely win games. Yeah, I uh, I don't disagree with you, mate. I I think you know this, you know, despite you know a few teams being four and zero and a few teams being zero and four, I think this is probably one of the closest um, talent like talent wise seasons that the teams have been rolled out in. So I um, I, I think it's going to get a lot closer, you know, throughout the duration of the season with a few upsets and you know a few wins going either way. Still waiting to see someone put their hand up to chat. It's. Uh... Um, I, to it's be completely honest, though. I'm getting a bit bigger just talking to you. So if anyone wants to put their <laughs> hand up for a chat, please. Um, don't be shy. Be as long piece. as you don't have an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> be on a PC. Be a nerd. Um, yeah, well, there you have it. I think one other thing to note on this game, there was a funny funny picture of, um, of, of Jay Rich making contact with Tommy Daly's head. Um, and in the comments, he wrote, I, win- I whinged that this was a no foul. <laughs> and it just goes to show you, like, you can, you can be out there and think that you don't foul a bloke, but you've absolutely clobbered the shit out of him in the face. <laughs> it's, just a, yeah. it's just so interesting. Like, when, you, when you're out there playing, it can seem a whole lot different to, to what it actually is. Yeah, so I would probably suggest to maybe don't go as hard at the referees. That would be my my opinion, but that's just me. That's um that's an interesting interesting comment that you make there, Tristan. I like it. Yeah, I like Thank it. Thank you. So DT, the last time slot. Um, for for whatever reason, you've been pretty excited about this game. You've wanted to call it out a few times already, but <laughs> it was the last game for the week. It Can I do it? Can I do it? You can do it. Go for it. I know how to do it. I've done it a few times. It was the Packenham Upper Unicorns beating (laughs) (laughs) the the Narnagoon Bulldogs. (laughs) Wait a minute. I don't know what I'm doing. You do it. Uh, Packy Upper Unicorns, 41, losing to the Garfield Foxes, 49. Yeah, so uh, what an interesting game this was. It was was the Foxes' first W. Um, and you know it was it was a it was a close finish. This game certainly wasn't a uh, a blowout by any means, and it was the Garfield Foxes just getting over the line down the stretch. Yeah, it was. It was uh, it was it was pretty close for the most part, and, and played in good stead. 
Um, the the poorer of the two Darcy's, Matt Darcy, uh, had a pretty good game for the Foxes. He had 12 points, seven rebounds, um, five assists. Five assists. There you go. That's a that's a big stat line actually. Uh, Lockie Elliott had zero point six rebounds. The GM Joshy Lanting had seven and one. Um, the fridge Dave Morseman had twelve and twelve. Uh, Benji Coco had twelve and one, uh, and Andy Prince had six and seven. Yeah, I um, I was sitting there next to Billy Lanting uh, watching the the final quarter of this game, and I was really impressed with uh, with what Matt Darcy uh, did. Looking at the stat sheet, you know, he only had four shot attempts to get his 12 points. Uh, he was 75%, uh, but he was super aggressive. He went to the line seven times, and I think I think this is what the Foxes really needed um, and what they need moving forward. Yeah, yeah, he can... He can still put teams on his back and take them to the promised land, can Matt Darcy. He is a phenomenal basketballer. Uh, a little bit more mellowed out and subdued these days, but you know this game, like you said, really proved on what he can do. You know, 12, 6, and 5 is, uh, is a really good stat line from a point guard. Yeah, uh, I, I think probably the best game that I've seen him play in, in a fairly long time. Uh, I really rate it. Um, the Fridge... The fridge twelve and eight. I thought that's huge from him. Andy Prince uh, with six and seven. Quiet night from him. So um, you know, I think you, you're pretty stoked if you're the Foxes. Andy Prince has a quiet night and you still win. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. He's someone that does put up big numbers uh, just from the sheer size of him. So um, you know, to be able to you know combat his quieter game is it's, it's a good sign for the for the. Boxes. You know, it shows you that, um, you know, with a bit of team effort, they can get wins on the board. Good, good team. I, I, I've said this from the start. I like the way they put together. Uh, it was only a matter of time before they started winning games, and uh, and they've done so by defeating the Pakenhamapi Unicorns. The Unicorns had um, just the one player in double figures. They had Ash Beck with 12 points, 16 rebounds, uh, followed up by Eli Evans. He had eight and four. Uh, Summit Tapper had three, uh, sorry, nine and three, uh, three from deep. Uh, John Eli, five and four. Jess Maudsley, four and four. Angus Fahey with uh, three and two. And Curtis Wheeler did not play. Um, did we get any night-night from uh, Summit? No, I did, see the, I did see the highlight tape on his Facebook, uh, which was cool. Um, it's always good to see Summit shooting well. I, I I rate him. I love him as a bloke. I love him as a, as a basketball player. I, I just think he's a, a terrific addition to Super League and um, really embraces the the culture. No, I, uh, I I couldn't agree more. And you also forgot off your list that you also see him as a really big um, option to trade as well. So um, <laughs> I did trade. I traded him once. All right. <laughs> no, I agree. I love him. He's uh, he's super exciting to watch, and yeah, just a good soul to to have around the, the league. So for the for the unicorns, what um, what do you make of this new look unicorns team? I think you know I, I kind of liked the extra uh, guard play that they brought in. I like it. I like their team. I think they've got a good squad. Uh, they're just not winning games. They're not shooting the ball overly that great, but. 
Um, I like the even spread of players that they have. They've got decent point guards. They've got you know decent bigs, um, and they've got perimeter shooters. So yeah, they've they've got the side to do it. I don't want to sound like a broken record and say you know every team can win and every team's great and all of this, but I, I do believe that the unicorns have a have a solid squad. I'll tell you one stat, uh, which which is first very unbelievable, but you know second if it wasn't quite like this. The, the Unicorns win this game. That's Jess Maudsley, zero from nine from deep. Yeah, there you go. That's um, unheard of. That's blasphemy, really. I would I would bet my left nut that he would make at least three or four from nine. And there's, and there's the ball game. Yeah, yep, agreed. So, yeah, I, I don't think they're far off. I, I really like, you know, Angus. I like Summit in there sort of handling the ball a bit. Um you know, Eli is that third ball handler. Um, yeah. And then I, I like, you know, I like bringing in Ash Beck, who's just super athletic, super strong, can bash through players, no dramas. Sort of works well with that John Eli uh, pairing. You know, they're both sort of um, hard-nosed defenders. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely with you. Uh, it's just, you know, whether they're... Uh, I, I mean, I haven't watched a full... Unicorns game, so I can't pass judgment too much. But uh, it all comes down to jarring and and finding you know finding your players in the right spot, I guess. And you know if they can do that, um, then then they win more games. I mean, you know, fifty six sh- attempts at you know putting the hole, uh, putting the ball in the hole is is decent. That's what you want to be looking at around sixty shots a game. Um, you know they've they've had twelve or they've had eight more shots um, than the foxes. They just haven't been able to convert. Yeah, I think um, time will come for those guys. They're they're decent enough, and I think they'll um yeah they'll find ways to to put points on the board. Tristan, that brings yeah. us to the end of our Tuesday night coverage. At least I think it does. It it does. We are going to take yep. a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors. And then we'll talk uh, player of the week, team of the week, games of the week. And then we'll hear from our listeners if they're willing to speak up. Yep. Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate, changing lives for the better. One Coronas, many solutions. Here to help with all your property needs, whether you're selling, buying or leasing your home in the southeast suburbs. Lincoln demonstrates exceptional diligence, drive, commitment with 15 years of experience selling local and living local. Thinking of selling? Contact Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate today on 0423 486 285. Geez, I froth Lincoln Scott. <laughs> oh, you just love the Scott brothers, don't you? I do. Yeah, it's something about him. Even the even the other one, Adrian's, he's a pretty good bloke too. <laughs> even the other one. Yeah, even the other one. He doesn't play. Even much. the referee. Even the referee one. He's <laughs> yeah, all right. Even he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Tristan. We're we're going to talk uh, player of the week. So we had um, we had two standout performances, winning our player of the week this week. Um, I'm going to go with uh, with Lee Belton first. He had 33 points, two assists, two steals. We we uh, we frothed him during his uh, his, his uh, re- recap earlier. Um, but man, what a game! 
Nine threes. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, he had 25 shots at three. <laughs> like, that's, that's so stupid. Many. It's so many. Um, I think the, the, the Bloodhounds ended up going boxing one towards the end of that game. Um, and I think it sort of slowed, slowed the bleeding down a little bit, but the damage was done. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. Um, yeah, it was it was tough to watch, to be honest. It's you know what you know what I kind of put it down to um, being a Hawthorne supporter and cheering on Buddy Franklin for so long, and then he went to Sydney, right? And then it's just that bittersweet when he does something awesome. I coached <laughs> Lee and I've played with Lee, and then you know sitting there and watching him on Monday night, just watching him dismantle us. It was. It was tough to take being on the, on the receiving end of it. Especially when you had him last season and there was no sign of a 33-point game. No, 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 that season. was, yeah, he was, yeah, that still pisses me off a little bit. <laughs> I had to bring it up, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, and especially when, you know, you've got blokes like Lee and my brother saying, oh, geez, this is the fittest we've ever been. Like, why weren't you fit six months ago, you bastards? <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, there you go. Um, for the Eastern Conference, it was Cam Scott from the Dragons. He had 12 points, 16 boards, 7 assists, and a big flex. Did you think about trying to stop him? I, I thought about it a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> As I was chasing his tail. <laughs> I even tried to do it, but uh, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. He's a, he's a superior athlete and a superior basketball player. He's, he's just a terrific, terrific basketball player. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, again, I, I had the opportunity of winning a chip with him um, with the kittens. And by that, I mean just letting him do everything and me getting a medal. But um, <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he's a very good player. He is indeed. Well, that sort of um, that is a good segue into our team of the week. The remainder of the starting five uh, was Jeff Reed from the Bears with his, uh, I think it was seventeen or nineteen points. Dave Morse with his twelve and twelve, and then uh, and then Dan Whitfield with his twenty-five uh, point game as well. So. That's a that's a pretty mean starting five, and off the bench we had Cooper Lanting from the Pacers and Ash Beck from the Unicorns. Uh, pretty mean team. Yeah, that's a that's a scary outfit. That one. Uh, I can't wait to the end of the season so we can kind of you know pair them all up or match them all up, I should say, and, and see who is the uh, best team of the week. Our team of the week of the season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, before we uh, before we go into our games of the week, we'll just do a quick recap of the ladder. So, uh, in the South Conference, we've got the Berwick Sharks sitting on top of the table, four wins, zero losses. Rangers, three wins, one loss. Packham Pirates, three wins, one loss. Baronia Bloodhounds, two and two. Vikings, two and two. Pacers, two and three. The Cadinia Crocs one and three, Cadinia, uh, sorry, Clyde Kittens one and three, and the Kui Koalas one and three. Um, I think the the Monday night conference is, in a lot of ways, a closer race than say the the Tuesday night conference. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if we go to the Eastern Conference, we've got the Emerald Bears, Drew and Dragons, Nary Warren Silverbacks, all 4-0. and 
Uh, yeah. We've got the Bucks three and one. Then it goes to like outside of the the top four. It's it's losing records. So it's the Philly Island Penguins one and three, Garfield Foxes one and three, Packy Upper Unicorns one and four, Dandy Ducks zero and four, Nanagoon Bulldogs zero and four. So I mean, if we don't change things up on a Tuesday night, our finals are already locked in. Yeah, no, you're right. But at the same time, you look at the Bears, Dragons, Silverbacks, Bucks, they've all got to play each other. Yeah. You know, so there's losses that come into that. Um, I, I mean, like, I, I don't disagree, but I think, you know, over over the next, you know, two, three, four weeks, I think that middle group will start... It'll start eating itself out, but I think you'll find that it'll be a lot closer, it'll be a lot more congested than, than what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, the, the games of the week for next week, Tristan. Uh, we're going to start with the the South Conference, and we've got our game of the week as the Clyde Kittens and the Cadinia Crocs. Clyde Kittens, Cadinia Crocs. I like it. Both three and uh, one, both one and three, seventh and eighth on the latter. Um, similar percentage. Uh, it's about eight percent, or just under eight percent. There, yeah, I like it. That's a that's a that's a good one. I think I it'll be a good one. Um, I think the teams both match up well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Cadinia Crocs do um, with the with the inside presence that the kittens come with. Um, and it's going to be, you know, on the flip side, interesting to see how the kittens try and negate the Cadinia Crocs shooting. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a cracker of a game. Yep, and do we have one for the Tuesday night for the East? We do, uh, and it's going to be the Druin Dragons versus the Bucks, the Cranburn Bucks. Uh, this is this is like good. So it's so it's a team that's four and zero versus a team that's three and one. Um, I'm interested to see what this matchup looks like because uh, both teams are pretty blistering hot. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's definitely a good one. If you if you had the option to choose a backup game of the week for each night, oh. what would you? Gee, you've put me on, you've, you've put me on the spot here, mate. My Which, goodness! Oh, I can do the Monday if you'd like to have a look at the Tuesday. All right, go. I'm I'm gonna I don't know I don't think it's me being biased. I think it's it'd be it'd be pretty close. I reckon my Bloodhounds six forty time slot. My Bloodhounds were two and two, sitting fourth, taking on the Ringwood Rangers, who are sitting second, three and one. Uh, Kyle Nagel versus Cooper Lanting in the point guard position. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be a close game. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, two new guys coming into the squad, uh, what that looks like chemistry-wise. If there's going to be any sort of, you know, people finding their roles and you know, zigzag type. Uh, things happening with the bloodhounds but i think uh, i think it'll be a close game yep i think if i've got to pick one a backup one uh, i'm going to go with the nanagoon bulldogs who are zero and four yep versus the garfield foxes who've just uh, just won their first game one and three um i think the bulldogs have got a lot to prove in their in their next game and i think uh, i think potentially this is the game where they do it Yep, I uh, I reckon that's going to be a cracker. I I, I couldn't sh- I couldn't pick one, but um, yeah, that's going to be another. One. I don't I don't even don't mind 
I'm going to be watching intently on the Dandy Ducks and the Nary Warren Silverbacks. I like that one as well. Yeah, I think that'll be a close game. Um, well, I hope it'll be a close game. Um, I think it's definitely going to be a low-scoring game, so um, don't anyone get too excited. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, we're going we're gonna to be talking about this game next week. You know, it's going to be Dave Gormley, 11 points, 7 rebounds. John O'Bray, 10 points, 7 rebounds. Uh, and that's sort of where we're going to be at for uh, for top scorings. Yeah, yeah. Might end up, I think I might be heading over your way to do a pod on the Sunday, DT. That's going to be exciting. Are you? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to come over. Oh, I'm excited. That's good. <laughs> that's good. I'll, I'll go buy a slab. It could be a messy pod. Hey? It could be a messy pod. Could be, yep. Um, so so now is the opportunity uh, for anyone to jump in and, uh, and, and say a few words. So far, it's been extremely disappointing. We've had no one put their hand up and say anything. Um, <laughs> but this, this happened in our first live, actually. So uh, we, we tried to egg the audience on to come on and say, say anything, sort of get into us, a um, bit of banter. I think we ended up with maybe Ben Rhodes on there, if I... If I Remember correctly? Well, it um, just depends. Like, is anyone who doesn't have an iPhone? Because I know the iPhones don't work for whatever reason. I was just messaging my brother who's listening in intently because he misses me dearly. Um, <laughs> but he's got an iPhone, so he can't jump on. We got. Uh, um, we do have a uh, a volunteer. Blythe, he's going to jump on. Uh, I think, mix on. I think we've got him, Michael Blythe. How are you, buddy? Good yourselves. We're going yes, well. there's a voice. Yes. <laughs> uh, no iPhone here, boys. Android all the way. Oh, there you right. go. This is the first time I'll actually back an Android over an iPhone. Good on you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, no, no stress. Well, boys, I put my hand up before, you know. Just ignored me. I see how it is, but that's all right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm embarrassed. You're our backup plan, Mick. So, um, oh, we've had to, we've at least had I'm in the plan. Day. No, in, in all seriousness, how are you, mate? Because I know you had a pretty crappy injury last year or last season and then you, know, you twanged your ankle at the start of this season. But, but knocking out 18 points um, this week was, was really good. How's the body feeling? Yeah, no, every, uh, every next day after the game is pretty sore. Um, yeah, I broke the ankle in December and then did the opposite one six weeks ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so pulling up pretty sore for each game, but it is what it is. Yep, well, um, I'd, I'd happily be very sore after the game and put up numbers like you did on Tuesday night. You did very well. No, it was a good game. I think, um, oh, sorry, I shouldn't swear. Um, is it Catalinko, Daniel? He, mate, he came from left field. I just that, That's what, in my opinion, just played brilliantly for, for you know, DT's boys and the Ducks. Yeah. Um, yeah, just didn't have him scouted out, and and yeah, he just he just took off. He's a great player. He's got a good set of hands on him, actually. You can really sort of just piff the ball at him, and and it finds the finds the center of his hands. Yeah, no, it was was it towards was it quarter time or half time or close to? He's piffed the ball down, and he's just ran at it like a big full forward and grabbed it. And it was, I think he bowled a few people over. Yeah, oh, he, he took a mark. So yeah, he took a mark somewhere. There was like an intercept pass. It was, it was bloody awesome. Yeah, that's right. 
He's a good player, boys. Um, and then DT undersells himself, of course. You know, every time he goes in, I think, what did he shoot at? Over, it was over 30% at least. Just goes in, and they were all contested. None of DT's shots were like, you know, open jump shots. They were all, he would put a body on a player, do his little step back fadeaway bullshit that he does. Can't get to it. He needs to put up more shots. He um, he almost welcomes that, that contest, doesn't he, Blythe? Like, he... You know, you you, re- you might see him knock a, an uncontested three here and there, but he just loves that off the post, that little shimmy and fade away uh, from mid-key. Yeah, no, he definitely does well at it, and uh, it was frustrating in the game to watch. <laughs> I'd gladly shoot more if you let me. <laughs> hey, um, Mike, outside of, um, of you guys, you're playing really well. Who kind of worries you on the Tuesday, on the Tuesday night competition? Uh, on the Tuesdays, to be honest, probably the Silverbacks. Um, I think their their defence they're putting up at the moment um, is concerning. You know, we're like I like to say we play good defence, but offensively is probably our, our stronger point. So when you come against someone who's running that opposite point to that um, in what they're doing, um, defensively, uh, Parringer is playing really well on the guards. Um, if you watch the games, he's actually doing super well on those faster guards and able to get his hands where they need to be. Uh, yep. For players like myself, and that's where our scoring is coming from. A lot of it, it's um, yeah, it's something we definitely got to look towards. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, that's um, Farage that's is a hell of a player. Definitely yeah. match it around DT. You reckon when they come up against each other? Yeah, I, th- I think you got to lock it in. Um, you know, especially at the moment, both teams haven't lost a game. Um, and yeah, like like Blythe said, I think uh, I think Farage is a, a heck of a basketball player, and I think um, you know we spoke about numbers being more significant in low-scoring games, and he's definitely one of those guys that does all the one-percenters. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, mate, thank you very much. We appreciate your time, um, and good luck with the rest of the season. No, thanks, boys. Have a good night. Cheers, mate. Well, Tristan, um, no one has yet put up their hand, uh, so... I think we're going to have to call the podcast. This is the finish of the podcast. It is. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for listening in. And, and thanks to DT again. Um, like, in all seriousness, this was um, um, pretty... Oh, hang on. I've got a message here um, from my brother. He said, uh, tell DT uh, to read the comments. There's questions. I'm in the I'm in the comments. There's not many questions here. We've got one question here from from uh, Mike Godfrey, I believe it is. What's the best way to stop Will Tankard asking for a friend? <laughs> uh, he, he had thirty. He had thirty-five points against my mob, so I can't contribute to that at all. Yeah, um, he's, he's, he's definitely a tough card. Um, well, I think uh, I think we're getting maybe uh, Brad maybe joining us uh, in a minute. So he's put his hand up, which is good. Um, so we're currently delaying the end of the podcast to see what he's got to say. So it better be freaking good. It's not going to be that good. <laughs> Just wondering what it's going to take to get uh, Tristan on the shark bandwagon. Hey, yeah, not much love for the sharks from you, Tristan. Well, ask your brother, Brad, why? I was, yeah, I, was, I, I, I understand. 
I was readily available at the draft to go in the sixth round, early sixth, to the Sharks with one of my oldest mates. And I put you in there too. You and your brother I've known for a very long time and I didn't get picked. So, you know, he, uh, it was actually heartbroken when he realised you were in the draft. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know how to spell my name apparently. So um, I can't give you too much more love outside of what I've given you, unfortunately. That's all right. That's DT's learned his lesson about going against us. Yeah, you can't tip against the Sharks. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> no, user, I have to admit, I, I, I tune in for, for two games, um, like, intently, and one's my bloodhounds and the other one's to to watch you guys uh, in the Sharks. So I, um, I'm a bit of a softie when it comes to my brother. I think that's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. I like watching him defend and, and the Sharks in general, so they're probably my two favourite teams, if I'm completely honest. No, yeah, you had a, had a ball last week then. Yeah, it was. Uh, that, yeah, it was a little bit bittersweet, that one. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, I, don't know if anyone's, I don't know if anyone's told you about Lee's pre-game speech. Oh, I want to know. I want to know more. Oh, Liam did fill me in on this. Go for it. Let everyone know. Because <clears throat> we, uh, we were down with our second round pick. We were a bit, bit short and um, really only having five plays because I was injured as well. He goes, now look, boys, it's all about percentage. I don't think we're going to win this, but just stay as close as we can. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> and then I think it was, I think from what Liam said, it was Rhodesy and a few others going, what are you talking about? We're, we're going to yeah, go but... <laughs> win this. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like a quarter time. They go, what are you talking about, Lee? We're in this. He goes, yep, let's do it then. Let's take it. <laughs> what, about his, what about his message to everyone when, uh, when he first drafted the team? Yeah, um, it's a good bunch, but um, something about don't don't think I will hesitate to um, trade you straight away. So I'm very competitive, and anyone is up on anyone is up available for trade. So welcome to the Sharks. You're all going to get traded. Thanks. That was the welcome to the team note. <laughs> You're all going to get traded. <laughs> uh, well, it's pretty good yeah. though. Down the line, you know where you stand. Don't reckon I'd be making a trade if I was the Sharks at this point. <laughs> nah. All right, lads. Well, that's, um, that brings our podcast to an end. We'll have to do it again soon. This is a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty keen to do it again, maybe in a couple of weeks. Boys, thank you for joining me. This is the Super League podcast. Farewell. Thanks so much for listening to the Super League podcast today. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Please make sure to like and subscribe and follow us on all our socials. Until next time, make it a great day.